Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Were you doing this as a favor and a friend? And then I know things went very poorly between you. But were you doing this as a favor and as a friend? And now, because things have gone poorly, you want to be paid $30 an hour? Yes, yes, ma'am. This is the plaintiff, Kenneth Barr. He says he met the defendant at work and they became fast friends. She was having a hard time, so he came to her rescue and loaned her money, which she was supposed to pay back. Then, one day, she abruptly stopped talking to him. She refuses to give him any money back, and he's here suing her for the $329.60 she owes him. This is the defendant, Marlene. She says she used to work with the plaintiff and went out with him a couple of times. When she got busy, he got angry and started harassing her to the point where he got fired and was escorted out of the building by the cops. Bottom line, he gave her a few bucks here and there for a few things. He never said it was alone until now, and she owes him nothing and wants him to leave her alone for good. She's accused of letting a guy down. All parties, please hit your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. All right, Mr. Ba, you are suing Ms. Marlene for $329.60. You say she owes you and won't pay you. Tell me what happened here. All right, Judge. So when uh, colleagues at work, and she was moving, so she needed assistance. She was a colleague of yours at work, and she was moving and she needed help, okay? Yes. She called and told me that uh, her sister and her friends, or those she thought were we're going to help her, cannot help her. So am I available to help her out? Okay. And I say, yeah, that's fine. So we agreed that she was going to reserve a U-Haul, which she did, and she texted me that she had reserved and paid for the U-Haul. But the only thing is, they close the U-Haul store before she gets off at work. The U-Haul closes at 7 o'clock, and she gets off at 9 o'clock. So how are we going to do that? And I said, well... If you've reserved it and pay for it, then I guess I will pick it up for you. Yeah, but that's not how it works, because when you get there, U-Haul wants the contract in the name of the person who... Um, yeah. And she probably didn't pay for it. Did you pay for it, Ms. Marlene? No, ma'am, and that was related to the plaintiff So what's as the well. deal? Were you supposed to pay for it, or is he supposed to pay for your move? He's not supposed to pay for okay, my move. Okay, so you're he supposed to pay him for the U-Haul, be... right? Reimbursed? No, ma'am. I was not to pay him. I asked him 
to take my card or to if I can transfer him the money. He said, do not worry about it. So okay. I was not supposed to pay him. Right, but when you send him to go pick up your U-Haul, it's your expense. So what you're saying to me yes, is he gave you a gift of the U-Haul, like, oh, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. That's what you're saying. Correct. Is that before or after he picks it up? That was before because I explained to him that the person who picks it up, it has to be in their name. That card has okay, to be in the Here's my question. Is any of that in the text between you guys? No, that was verbally related. Okay. So, Mr. Ba, I understand what you're suing for for the U-Haul. What's the gas you're suing for? I went to pick up the U-Haul from the store. Took so it the to gas in your personal car? Still... Yeah. Yeah. All right. And you're also suing for labor, but did she, did you, were you doing this as a favor and a friend? And then I know things went very poorly between you, but were you doing this as a favor and as a friend? And now because things have gone poorly, you want to be paid $30 an hour, but yes, she never agreed yes, to pay you $30 an hour, right? There was never a contract yeah. to pay you $30 an hour. No, it wasn't agreed, but she agreed she would pay for my gas and she never did. Okay. And so now let's talk about the Airbnb. What's the Airbnb? This was earlier before she even moved, that uh, she, agreed, she was going to go to Miami for the carnival, and that she didn't have funds at the time, but she really wanted to go. And that she wanted me to loan her the money, and then once, because she had just uh, got, on, uh, got on the phones or started working officially, and that once she gets some enrollment and gets some money, she'll pay me the money back. So I, I sent uh, a couple of selections to her, and she opted for the one she wanted. And then I verified with her and then paid for it and sent her the confirmation, which she never paid me the money as well. Okay, but wait, is this a trip the two of you were going to do together? No. Initially, it was just her and her friend. And then? So when I started asking her for the monies for the U-Haul and the hotel, she told me she didn't want to talk to me again. I'm like, Wait, at any point on? in time, were you invited to go on the trip to Miami? Later on, yes. After she told you she didn't want to it, talk to you anymore? Yes. So After she told you I don't want to talk to you anymore? Yes. That doesn't make any sense. When she I started asking her for the money. When did she invite you on the trip? It was after uh, I had helped her move. Okay. But before that, And I were you going on? I want you to listen to my questions. When she invites you to go on the trip, do you say, yes, I want to go on the trip? Yeah, I say yes. Okay. And then when do you buy the Airbnb or the reservations? It was on uh, September 10th. Okay. And it was for an October 9th trip to Miami, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So when you say you sent it to her, you mean you said hotel choice from these three, Holiday in Miami, West yes, Airport? Yes. Okay. All right. So... So she opted for one out of the three. Okay. Which did she opt for, by the way? The one with the hat. This one, right there. The one with the heart, okay. Now, did, uh, was there ever any discussion about the cancellation policy on the Airbnb? Yes. What was the discussion? So, after uh, she confirmed the one she wanted, I told her for her to get that offer, she had to, uh, we have to place the order by a certain date. Is there anywhere where you text her what the cancellation policy is? So, I tried uh, following up with her on uh, September 16th, but she had asked me not to call or contact her because I asked for the monies. So I told a friend to tell her that she has, if she's not going to go for the Miami trip, she has up to September 22nd 
Do you have any proof Sorry, of what you just said? Do you have any right. proof of what you just Sorry. said? Do you have any proof of what you just said? No, I just, I couldn't, she said I shouldn't contact her at that time. No, so do you have any proof that you relayed to her through a friend? Do you have an affidavit from that friend? No, I don't have contact with that friend. All right, now, according to you, Ms. Marlene, when did you tell him that you did not, because, you know, his money's green. It's green enough for the U-Haul, it's green enough for the Airbnb. Why are you having him pay for these things for you? Because he will. I didn't have him pay. No, why do you let him? him why do you allow him to pay for it? So I offered to pay him back twice, Your Honor. That's not my said, question. My question is, right, but my question to you is, why are you accepting it? Are the two of you dating at any point in time? No. At all? No. Nothing? No. No, not one no. date? We went on dates, but we weren't in a relationship. No, I understand. That wasn't my question. My question okay. was, were you dating? Not, are you in a relationship? Were you, maybe that, that wasn't specific enough. But did you go out to mm -hmm. dinner or to an event or something? Just the two yes. of you. Yes. And how many yes. times had you gone out? Um, twice. Okay. Um, so you felt that he was kind of being stalk, stalkerish, correct? Yes, ma'am. And why did you feel that way? Well, when in the times we were getting to know each other, we did go out a couple times. He wanted to go out more. I explained to him, I'm a single mom. I really don't have that much time to invest in you. So... Is that how you said it? He kept... You're a charmer. Yes, ma'am. Okay. No. <laughs> I was trying to be respectful. Okay. Like, I don't have time. I okay. don't have time. He kept like, can we do this? Can we do that? Not today. To the point where if I'm on the phone with my girlfriend, he's blowing me up. Why are you not answering the phone? So now, then I'm like, okay, you know what? You're asking for too much. I think we just need to put it on ice because it's too much for me. I cannot give you what you're looking for. Right. And will you I send him a text him that. that says, I do not want to talk mm -hmm. to you later. You are not respecting my boundaries. Really? So if you don't want to talk, how do you know mine and how do I know yours? The boundaries. <laughs> I'm telling you now, I need space and time. Once I'm ready, I'll let you know. And if you want to still talk, cool. If not, then cool. He says, okay, cool, but that's all you can say? What do you have to say about the money that you didn't even inform me about its receipt nor pay it back as agreed initially? So you tell him that you need him to respect your boundaries. He doesn't respect your boundaries. What does he do that causes you to call your HR department? Because the two of you were working together. You were co-workers. What happens? You tell me, Ms. Marlene. So after... On the 18th, September 18th, he shows up to my house unannounced at 7 o'clock in the morning. At 7 in the morning on a Saturday? 7 in the morning on a Saturday. Bamming on my door. With breakfast? With some donuts. Right. So, right. <laughs> right. Right. So that's when I blocked him. I blocked him that day from calling me, texting me, because what, prior I, to that... Did I'm you tell him, you. or you had already told him about the boundaries? I had already told him about the boundaries. Okay, here's what I want to know. He comes by unannounced on the Saturday. And what do you say to him when he brings you the donuts and stuff? What do you say to him? I told him, you have no reason to pop up at my house. This is unacceptable. You don't need to be here. And what did he say? Honestly, I didn't even hear anything he had to say. I was very upset. Did you let him into your house or did you tell him all this at the door? I told him at the door. All right. Now, what's the next thing that happens on the job that you felt was creepy? So that was Saturday. I blocked him. Sunday happens don't hear from him monday we sit on opposite sides of the building 
and I'm literally all the way at the end of the aisle. He comes to the end of the aisle and like puts his hands on my shoulder. And I'm like, bro, like get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. I told you that already. That was Monday. Tuesday, he does the same thing. And then the my coworkers saw how upset I was and they said, you need to leave from here. And that's when I put my supervisor and my manager on notice that I don't want to talk to him anymore. He's doing too much. Like he's making me feel uncomfortable. Right. Did you Wednesday. ever tell him, listen, I'm going to go to HR on you because you ended up costing him his job. It was, this was somebody you were dating. And then, yes, I understand he's creepy. You don't want to be, I, I got, I got all that. Did you realize that they were going to fire him when you complained? No, I didn't realize they were going to fire him. But they did, but right? But I told him to leave me alone and he got himself fired, Ms. Um, Your Honor, because he was told to leave me alone and he did not. He was told by his manager and my manager to leave me alone, and he did not. Okay, tell me about that. Your manager and his manager tell him to leave you alone, and what contact did he have with you after that? So after that, they said, don't email her, don't talk to her, don't send anything. He sends me an email, and that says, I got you. And it was just a list of phone numbers. What is it that he was trying to give you with that list of phone numbers? Do you know, yes or no? No, I don't know. All right, so he contacts you, and then you bring that up to their attention. Tell me about when he drives slowly to come up while you're, when you're outside. So this is what made me real uncomfortable. I got off of work at 9 o'clock. He got off at 6. As I'm walking out to the parking lot, and I park in close to the building, I see a car in the back of the parking lot, and it starts creeping up to my car. And I'm like, who is that? What's going on? It was him. And I what was with day my other co was this after or before the bosses had told him not to contact you? This was after. Okay. Because he sent the email the next morning. Okay. And that's when I went to HR myself and I said, these are the series of events that's happening. Um, I also submitted So the, the slow email roll in the car was after he had been warned not to not to have contact. Correct. And he so he slow rolls and what does he do? He comes up, it's three hours after his quitting time, and he rolls up and what happens? He rolls up next to my car, and I told my car worker, I said, help me get into my car. She got between the two cars, and um, another co-worker helped me get into my car, and I left. And did I she say something to was, him? Yes, she did. She told him what? She told him to leave me alone. Mr. Ba, apparently they yes. called you in and they fired you. What did they, what did they say they were firing you for? They didn't tell you? They didn't give me any reason. Okay. So, uh, Yana, before that, can and I then after that is when you filed this case. You feel you shouldn't have to pay him for the U-Haul because he said, "I gotcha." You feel, but but. Sorry. You were supposed to pay him for the U-Haul. You just feel you shouldn't have to because he said, "I gotcha." Don't worry about it. You feel that you don't have to pay him for the Airbnb because did you end up finding the text where you said, "With the move and everything, I don't think I can go." Do you remember when you yes, said that? Yes, that was done on September 9th. Yes, September 9th. Now, how can that be if he made the reservation September 11th? Exactly. So I told him on September 9th that I was not in a financial situation to go on this trip that he invited me to. And then he said, don't worry about it. I got you. And then he made the reservations on his own on the 11th. From okay. the very beginning, he knew I was not financially able to do it. Okay. Do you have any proof, Mr. Ba, that she was supposed to pay you for the Airbnb? Because I see you saying I got you a bunch of times. When she says, yes, I, when yeah. she says, I, I can't go, I can't financially go, your answer is I got you. Is there any other proof of what the agreement was between you folks or any proof that you ever told her about a cancellation policy? Yes or no? Proof, by proof, I mean texts. 
or emails or you forwarding something that would let her know what a cancellation policy was because I don't see it in the text, okay? And based on that, here is how I'm going to rule. $57.53 of the U-Haul. You were supposed to pay him until he says, don't worry, I got you because he's sweet on you. Uh, he's changed his mind. He doesn't want to got you. And that's your expense, so I'm going to order you to pay that. The gas to and from, that would never have been something that you would have agreed to do. The labor, that would never have been something that you would have agreed to do. And the Airbnb, I do not find any evidence of him telling you a cancellation policy, so I don't find that you owe that. But I do find that you owe the U-Haul amount. That's $57.53, verdict for the plaintiff, because he can change his mind on whether he got you. And if you get him fired, he's not happy, so he no longer wants to get you. That's your expense, <laughs> you pay it. That's my verdict. So the plaintiff only gets $57 of the $329 he was seeking here in court. Uh, Marlene, you got to give him 57 bucks. That's for the U-Haul. Are you okay with that? Um, I guess, but I don't like being blamed for him getting him fired. He's an adult, and he was told to leave me alone. Yeah, no, well, there's, we understand that, and uh, I can understand how you feel. I know you want him to leave you alone now and, and be out of your life. Uh, is that happening, do you think? What's the story? No, I don't That's have any it. contact okay. with him. So, I blocked him on everything, yeah. All right, good enough. Well, hopefully for you, he, he'll be out of your life after you pay $57 <laughs> that the judge says you have to pay. All right, Mr. Baugh, you're going to get a little bit of money, not what you wanted. You get $57. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate helping someone out, and I found myself in such a mess. It's just unfortunate. Well, hopefully you learned something from that. And uh, I assume you're going to leave her alone. Is that right? It's obvious she doesn't want you in her life right now. I had left her alone. All I needed was my money. That's, that was it. And she just twisted the case. Okay. All right. That'll wrap it up for this case. Let's see what Harvey has to say. So, Doug, interesting case because, in a way, the judge kind of split the difference here, that the plaintiff was so smart, did what we've been talking about for a long time, which is to send a text, and now the text went to the judge, and the judge realized, yes, it was a loan. On the other hand, you got things like gas money and other things that often changes hands with two people, especially if they've dated, and that, unless it is specifically called a loan, isn't. Marilyn, you ever catch your children in a lie? And when you question them, do you use the same kind of techniques you use on the show? <laughs> or Absolutely. <what? laughs> right? I tell people yeah. all the time, like with best practice, I, I got a lot of practice as a litigator, right. as a prosecutor, prosecuting death penalty cases, cross-examining, you know, murderers. Yeah. But the best, best experience at cross-examination comes with motherhood. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So, huh. yeah, I, I, we use exactly the same techniques in our house, and they fold like a cheap suit. They often do, yes. right? And then we have, we have different techniques that we use. We sometimes use good cop, bad cop stuff, right? Oh, yeah, who's the good cop and who's the bad You're one? You're always the bad cop. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do it so well. Yeah. Right? And uh, I'm the good cop because uh, I guess I do that well. everybody wants know. to be the good cop. Yeah, exactly. Right. Everybody wants to be. Well, you know, I'm glad... In some ways, I'm kind of glad you weren't my mom growing up because every now and then I could put one past her, but not so much with you. <laughs> this is the plaintiff, Lucas Sumbasakis. He says he brought his car to the defendants for repair, and the guy never did solve the engine problems, and he wants his money back. 
The defendant also lied to him about new parts they used when they weren't. And this dishonest guy must be taught a lesson, so he's suing. For the $1,186.14 he's now owed. This is the defendant, Jose Barcia. He says he fixed this guy's car, but he needed it back to use, and he never got around to doing the state inspection. Then, next thing he knows, he's being sued in court for all the work he did getting the engine running? Police! He's accused of not fixing things right. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff brought his car to the defendant's auto repair shop to fix his engine, says the guy never did the work. But the defendant says that he did indeed get the guy's engine running, and he has no clue why this guy is harassing him and suing him because he fixed the guy's engine just fine. It's the case of catastrophe. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Sumasakis, you are suing Astoria Boulevard Gas Incorporated, represented here by Mr. Jose Barcia, the owner, for $1,186.14. You say you are out as a result of their negligence. Tell me what happened. Well, basically, I brought my car to Jose to fix whatever needed to be fixed to pass inspection. I had a check engine light on. I brought it to him. He told me he wanted about 650, 600. I told him, whatever I need to do, whatever you need to do for me to pass this inspection, do it. He took my car in. About a week or so, I needed the car. Yes, I picked it up and I would drop it off, going to pick up my daughter. A couple of weeks later, about three weeks, he had the car. Yeah, but why, why, I'm sorry, up. back up. So if he has a car a week, what is he doing do, to it during that week? He's going through the computer, the inspection computer, to see what codes come up so he could fix whatever codes come right, up. Right, but, but there's a code that comes up, and then he fixes it. According to you, you, you'd you have the car there for a week, and then you'd pick it up over the weekend because you needed it. Then you'd bring it again. Then you'd pick it up the next weekend because you needed it. How often did you do yeah. that? This happened about three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, what was not taking four? so long, Mr. Barcia? Well, because when he came in, he had one a, a specific code which would keep the car from uh, passing inspection. So we would have to uh, diagnose it first to see what it, what was wrong with well, it. Well, you diagnosed it by seeing the code. So then what did you do? Did you do a repair? Yes, we did a repair. Okay, what was the first we repair, did a repair you did? The first, the first code that came in was a PO456. It came in, we fixed the repair. What does PO456 indicate? It, it's a small leak in the emission system. Okay, and so what did you do to fix that? So then we replaced the, uh, the, the intake manifold valve. How long did that take? That took about a, a couple of days because we had to wait for a part okay. for, that, for that. Okay. And then once that's replaced, we, we have to erase the, uh, the light, and then the car has to, uh, we have to run the car, drive the car, in order for the monitors to set again. Okay. And uh, it was taking a long time to set. It wouldn't set. What do you mean it was taking a long time it wouldn't set? Doesn't the check engine light come off when you fix the problem? Yes, the check engine light does come off when you fix the car and you erase, you manually erase the light. But then the monitors, they all go back to, um, to red. Like, they're not run. They have to be run in order for them to set. So the computer How long do they off. have to run for them to set so the computer... No one car is the same, especially, like, if you have something else wrong with it, then it would keep them from from setting. 
Okay, so so why why did you take the car back from him rather than have him drive the number of miles required to see if the light shuts off? Because we he was working, he didn't have time to drive it as the way it had to be driven and the amount of times it had to be driven. So we would do it. What's while the amount he was of time working? it has to be driven? You say I'm no what no two cars are alike. Give me a, what what was the amount of time this car had to be driven? Okay. <laughs> This car, we had to drive it more than usual because it, the lights were not set. The, so it the just, kept, it just set. kept showing they you that be... you still had the small leak in the emission system? No, it didn't. It wasn't showing that it had the, the leak. It was showing, it was simply the monitors were not setting. They have okay. to reset in order right. to go into the inspection. If they don't Did reset, they ever the reset car for fail. you? Um, not all of them. Okay. Not all of them. Did you ever find out so why the rest of them didn't? Well, when he and during one of those times when he bought the car back, there was an, the light had came back on, and there was another code on there, which I try, which I explained I tried to explain to him that it was a different code. That was the second repair that we were doing. The for, first repair the you guys did what again? You replaced the, the what? The first repair was the first repair was when we um replaced the intake manifold valve. Did you order a new one? It was replaced. Um, yes, and now I'm asking you, what did you replace if, it with? Did if, you replace it with a new one aftermarket part, a junkyard part? What did you replace it with? No, it was replaced. It was replaced with a used one. That you found where? In the junkyard. Do you have a receipt for it? Yes, I do. Not on me now, but yes, I do have one. No, I need because it now because I'm doing the trial now. The day that the, the days that the car came in for those repairs. I was not here. Mr. Sumbakas, what ends up happening? The check engine light came back on. That's what happened. Okay. So when I call that... How does a check engine light come back on if the monitor lights don't reset? He, he gave me a temporary inspection for 10 Wait, days. Wait, I don't care Everything about the inspection. I know that's, the, that's your only game, but I, I'm, I'm trying to ask Mr. Barcia. Did he bring the car back to you to find out why the check engine light was on? Yes, he brought it back to me. And then um, we were, we, when we checked it, we found another code, which I, when I spoke to him, I let him know that it was another code on there, that it wasn't the same code that we had repaired already. Okay. It was a different code. And this code was saying and to then, do what? Uh, this code was also saying that it was having an emissions problem. And therefore, to fix it, you should do what? Well, when you're given the code, it doesn't tell you what to do. It just right. tells you what the problem is. And then so you then have what to we're saying is it, you got the, the same code that you got before? No. How is it? How is this code different from the other one? It's related to the emission system, but it's not the same as the other one. This how code, is it different? This code, the second code that came up was a PO457, which is a, also an emissions leak, but not, not, not from the first repair that we did. All right. So do you charge him for a second repair? Yes. So this time, well, we, when we were trying to fix it, the code just came coming back right away. This time it wasn't, it, it didn't stay off or anything. It just kept coming back up. And that's the code that we weren't able to to find when the day came where uh, Lucas uh, got upset and just didn't bring the car back. All right, you bring the car instead to a different mechanic after that, right? And where do you that's take that's... it? I took it to uh, Olympus uh, Body Shop and uh, the gentleman there, Mike, I told him exactly what happened with uh, Jose and he ran the test on the car and that the part that the defendant's saying that he changed, which is the manifold valve, they called the dealership and the aftermarket place in front of me, which said they didn't have it. He charged me dealer price for this part. Says who he charged you dealer price? 
Well, the four hundred dollar dollar price is about the price that the the How do I know that? from the dealership. Did he ever I, I, represent just, it? Was a dealer part? To. That's what I was told to. Okay. So, Did he ever represent to you on anything in writing that he had bought the part from the dealer? No. But okay. then we looked further but according into the part. To the second, the part according looked, to the second repairman, he says nobody replaced this intake manifold. Correct? Yeah, that's also. That's also. Upon inspecting the intake runner valve, the valve does not look like it was replaced. The valve looks like it was wiped clean. Called the dealer to see if the part was available and the price, and the dealer told us the valve has been discontinued. We checked for aftermarket part. There are no aftermarket intake manifold runner valves available. I can't see how this part was replaced, and at the same time, we found no codes for intake manifold issues. All the codes we found have to do with failure of the evaporative emission system. The car was misdiagnosed if the mechanic said it needed an intake manifold runner valve. What, ended, what work did they end up doing to get the light off? It's on the receipt. Um, so basically, they uh, changed the gas cap. They said that they, they said that from what the old gas cap check engine light problem. It's like the first thing <laughs> my husband always says. That's it's right. the first thing check you check hurts. when you have a check engine light. So you had no gas cap, right? Oh, that was an also another situation where I left my car at Jose. I when I went to pick it up one of those times, my gas cap, his worker said was missing one morning when they got to the shop. Wait, or I, I thought you and knew he that. It. I thought you knew that you had no gas cap. No, why would I? How would I know I have no gas cap? Well, when you go to put I'm, gas I'm in it, you notice that there's no cap. I yeah, tried that well, with I, my husband. He didn't buy up. it either. He wasn't going for that. He when wasn't going up, for. I didn't know there was I no gas up. cap. <laughs> So well, I was I was driving my car around with no gas cap. No, I went to pick up my car from Jose, like I was going to do, to go pick up my daughter. And his worker told me that if it was the night before that morning, someone took my gas cap. I realized that they had took my gas too. It's like I don't know, but the gas cap was missing, and Jose's worker said they replaced it. When I went to Mike and he ran the car on the computer, he said that my leak that is keeping the light on is on top of my gas tank. It's a VAP leak on top of my gas tank. And also it's showing another VAP leak, which ended up being the gas cap that Jose put on my car because it wasn't doing a right function. So he created another leak instead of fixing the one that he was supposed to. I'm sorry, to. how does that create another leak? It's on the receipt. It doesn't do a right VAP. The VAP, there's a, the cap, the gas cap had no VAP system. It didn't do the function. I don't know what you're saying, the function. I don't know what that is. And I, I, I don't know if, I think what you're trying to say is that it, wow. that it, uh, it was providing another check engine-like code because it didn't yes. fit right. So they put another yes. gas cap on and that check engine-like code went away. What else did you pay yes. your friend in Mineola to do? What, what did he do so to your car? He diagnosed my car. That's it? I found out a... He found out. No, then he did some more work to pass the inspection for me. What was the work he the did receipt. to pass the inspection? Okay, so New York State inspection. It says work requested: test drive vehicle to perform drive cycles to set New York City inspection monitors to ready mode, so the car can pass the inspection. Approximately 68 miles driven. That's how he passed my inspection. So basically, it's drove your his, car uh, for 68 miles. Yeah. Which is exactly what the defendant that, had told you to do, to drive the car until the thing reset. You take it to the second guy. The second guy drives it 68 miles for it to reset. That's what he actually does for you. 
And then he also tells you that first guy didn't change anything because the dealer doesn't have that part. But what then did he fix? Besides driving the car for 68 miles to get the thing to reset, which is important to you because that's how you were able to get the inspection sticker, how did he yeah. get that second problematic light off? The diagnosed of that leak on top of the gas tank. Well, I, I don't know. He passed it, the inspection, uh. so that problem will be fixed. That problem will be fixed. What do you Nothing mean will be fixed? How did the, the light right go way. off? How did the light go the off? The light is still on. The light's still on. So then how did you pass inspection? Well, if it's, I guess if they drive it approximately 68 miles, it passes, it resets all the codes. I still have to get this problem fixed. The only reason why I haven't got it fixed is because I have no money to get it fixed right now. I asked, you know, I made sure with Mike to confirm all this, that nothing happened the way it's not supposed to. He said, I do whatever. So now he did I, some I understand all that. I, I really wish I was able to reach him or that you had called him as a witness. That really would have been the good thing. I, I, if you I, had to be honest with you, I, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Be honest. I did want to call, I did want yeah. to call him as a witness. And, and I asked him. He said, you know, from mechanic to mechanic, he doesn't want to be the person that's going to put this guy I mean, on that, blast. Right, that's but, exactly that, but that's said. a problem. But he already you know? did. Yeah, he already but did he already by, did by, by writing this, so I don't know. You know, yeah, but, but we didn't ever said we're going to bring up his name or his company name on live TV or whatever, and I hope Well, you, you submitted it into evidence. You could call him. I'm not the one who... You could call him. You know, I told him that we're going to go to People's Corner and we're going to get to the bottom of this. He said, okay, no problem. Okay, so he's they not going to answer the phone want. if you give me his cell phone. He's not going to want to get involved. You're, you're telling me he refused to get involved. I, you know, because here... I mean, let me explain. So everybody stop talking and listen to me. When you're in court and you're in small claims, the rules are a little more relaxed, you know, because you're not lawyers, you don't have lawyers here, so we relax the rules. But we don't throw the rules out the window either. There's still, you know, issues of material fact that have to be investigated that I have to cross-examine to make sure that it stands up to, you know, the test. And so one of those things is the stuff Mike is saying. I'm concerned because Mike's conclusion that this repair was not done is a pretty severe conclusion and he puts it on paper so I don't know I've never most mechanics wouldn't do that so he's already just like the defendant says he's already kind of put himself out there I now need to take it home and ask him well why do you say that because when I see in there that he says the phrase I called the dealer the dealer doesn't have the part that wouldn't be a reason to say that but a mechanic would know that sometimes you used a used part when you're repairing a car, a used part from another car where that part is still good, you know? Maybe it wasn't good, though. Maybe just how my Maybe it wasn't, and then you just good. got... Maybe that it wasn't, wasn't, and then you either. just... But see, Mike didn't do any work on your car to get you to pass other than drive the thing 68 miles. And diagnose and, and make sure that the problem diagnose was not... Diagnose what? The Mike didn't problem. do anything to your car, so your car passed inspection after the only person who repaired it was the defendant's shop. So then you got your money's worth. So I'm trying to figure out why you don't just bring the car back to the defendant to repair if it's the same issue as before. All right, gentlemen, we're done. Um, Mr. Sumbasakis, I understand your frustration, uh, and I appreciate that you brought me this document. But without a chance to cross-examine, your entire case rests on this document, and it has internal inconsistencies that concern me, like supposing that something didn't get fixed because a, the dealer doesn't have it in stock. That is a, that is a weird thing to say. Um, 
but Mr. Barcia, I am going to order you to provide me. I'm giving you 24 hours to provide me with the receipt um, for this part, which you say you can find. You just need to find it. You should have had it here for this trial. So um, I need you to provide that receipt, okay? Otherwise, I'm going to change my verdict. Do you understand me, Mr. Barcia? I want the, the yes, receipt. Please. Is there a problem with that? Do you, is 24 hours enough time? No, 24 hours is enough time. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look for it. Okay. All right. That's my verdict. And based on what I have heard and assuming that I see that receipt, my verdict in this case is for the defendant. So it didn't work out for the plaintiff in this case. He's not going to get the money as long as the defendant can provide the document that uh, the judge needs. Lucas, let me ask you what you're thinking right now. It is what it is. If he could provide a receipt and say that he changed it from a deal from a junkyard, even though that that I don't want my car part being a junkyard part, I just want everyone to be fair. And basically, that's it. Oh well, that's a tough tough spot to be in. I'm sorry, uh, it didn't work out for you. You know, good no luck problem. to you. What it's can fine. I tell you? Uh, all right, Mr. Barcia, you can. Uh, you think you can find that receipt, the document that the judge needs? You're going to have to do it. Yes, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's 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 in the files. I just have to look for it. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. It should be no problem. All righty. Mm-hmm. All right. Long as you do that, then uh, then you're off the hook. Good enough. All right. Yeah. Good luck to you now. Hope you find that document. And with that, we'll wrap it up for this case. Harvey? Doug, we've had so many auto repair problems in the people's court. Um, when you take your car to an auto repair shop, if you have any question about parts, uh, what you should do is preserve the one that was replaced And then you may have to go to an expert to show that the new part was not actually new or was somehow faulty. In this case, the plaintiff just couldn't prove that um, because the the fact that this that this car actually passed inspection in many ways just cements the defendant's case. That is exactly what happened here. And that's why the plaintiff lost. I live in a condominium in Queens. Can I sue my upstairs neighbor for punitive damages for disturbing the peace and quiet enjoyment of my apartment for snoring? He snores so loud you can hear him right through the ceiling and he wakes me up in the middle of the night and disturbs my sleep. Oh my goodness. That hits close to home. That hits a little (laughs) close to home. Um, Uh, If you're the judge on the case. (laughs) Yeah, you know, these cases, first of all, Yes, in theory, you can sue a neighbor for interfering with your quiet enjoyment of your own property. So, right. if someone's playing really loud music like or doing something, suit, sort of, it's right? yeah, it's kind of a nuisance nuisance suit, and you can you can you know get an injunction for certain activities that they're doing there that are too loud. You could uh, get damages to right. uh, your peaceful enjoyment of the place, et cetera, et cetera. Now. These cases are very, 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 very hard to prove. I, I, I feel very bad for the person asking this question because it is time to go to certain other... Move? You think? Yeah, I think it's time. Move. I think I would, I would move. I wouldn't right. stay living there. No. I, wouldn't, I would move. No. Um, but I guess short of that, you, you have a recorder, you have witnesses, you, you know, talk to your neighbor, right. um, you get earplugs and uh, learn to sleep with them, which I have not been able to do. White noise machine, maybe. White noise machine is what one of our daughters does now, and she travels everywhere with right. this little white noise machine. Right. Uh, particularly when she comes home, because she says, somehow she says that I'm very noisy. 
uh, <laughs> that I'm loud when I wake up in the morning. Oh. And, uh, you know, when I'm, 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 I get on the phone at the ungodly hour of 9 a.m. when she wants to sleep. Um, so, yeah, it's time to look into other options. Sleep deprivation is not a good Awful. Thing. It makes people crazy. Awful.